New York Jets offensive coordinator John Morton is fired. He got the boot. This franchise continues to make zero sense. Keesaw for the Devils plays it cross ice into the far corner. Matto swoops in to intercept. Matto behind the net. Swings it in front. He scores! Matto! 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 Stefan Matto! And the Rangers have one more hill to climb, baby! But it's Mount Vancouver! The Rangers are headed to the crappy apartment somewhere you don't know. Sabo Radio, episode 3. This time, my favorite subject, the New York Jets. And not dysfunction, but just continuing to not get it. Continuing to not take advantage of what the league has to offer these days. Continuing to basically live in another era. That doesn't equate to smooth sailing. Why? Offensive coordinator John Morton fired, relieved of his position. There were rumblings that this would happen. There were reports that the Jets would not fight back if Gruden wanted Morton to be his offensive coordinator in Oakland. There were reports that Morton did not fit Todd Bowles and his system. The reports were most alarming in terms of Morton not fitting Bowles' vision for a long-term plan. What does this mean? Honestly... It has to, there's only one way you can look at it. It has to deal with rushing the football. There were also reports that some of the players in the locker room were mixed about Morton, that they felt he tried to turn the Jets into the New Orleans Saints of the AFC, that they didn't run the ball enough. And that's what created a divide between the offensive players in the locker room on how they felt about Morton. Confirmed reports, confirmed evidence of this was Matt Forte. I think it was the game against Atlanta calling out Morton for not running the ball enough. Yeah, they lost a a tough one against Atlanta at home. 
And the quotes from Forte afterwards, here they are. I only had four carries in this game. So I don't really think we ran the ball enough with the weather being the way it was. It was a, it was a rainy day back in October. Uh, Forte went on to say, I'm definitely surprised by that because we knew the weather was going to be like that. You got a wet ball out here. Forte said, it's rainy. It wasn't like a light drizzle. It was really, really raining. This comes after a game in which the Jets ran the ball 22 times for 43 yards. 22 times! This is the year 2017, now 2018. This is a league in which you could get called for defensive pass interference if you sneeze on the freaking guy. And Matt Forte is complaining about not running the ball enough 22 times for 43 yards. Two yards a carry. This was the Jets' running game all season long. Hit and miss, hit and miss. A couple big games, Jacksonville at home early. Uh, the Bills at home on Thursday night. They blew the other team out of the water with the running. Close to 200 yards, over 200 yards. But those games were few and far between. And, in fact, when they didn't get that big game, most of the time it was rough. 20 yards for 40 yards. Or 20 attempts for 40 yards. 25 attempts for 50 or 60 yards. Their offensive line just did not have the talent. Coupled with their good, average to good running backs to run the ball efficiently. Yet, they finished the league middle of the pack in middle of the pack in run attempts. All told, the Jets ran the ball for 427 times, ranking them 17th in the league for a porous running attack, a porous O line, not great running backs. I'd say John Morton did a pretty damn good job committing to the run, considering the talent he had to deal with. In terms of running the ball efficiently, Jets finished 19th, again, 106.4 yards per game. Yet, he doesn't fit Todd Bowles' long-term vision. Josh McCown. Robbie Anderson, the worst wide receiving core in the history of this damn league in August. Yet John Morton gets a career year out of Josh McCown, allows Robbie Anderson to blossom on that nine route when defenses were showing one deep. He did an adequate job with the offense. Now we know John Morton isn't Bill Walsh. This is not about John Morton. That's the thing you have to understand. I could care less about John Morton. Jeremy Bates, there are rumors Jeremy Bates doesn't want the offensive coordinator job. I could care less who it is. What's troubling is Todd Bowles living in the 1980s. And what's troubling is if Morton doesn't fit Bowles' long-term vision, what does? Honestly.
Think about Bowles. Super Bowl winning safety with the Redskins in the 80s. He's a throwback. He's a defensive guy. He's all about dictating the line of scrimmage, which is a great thing. But he's all about rushing and stopping the run first. Defensively, we've seen it for years now. His defenses will be super aggressive in terms of stopping the run, even if it's a detriment from an overall standpoint against the pass. In 2015, Bulls' rookie season, Jets were number two in run defense, number 20 in pass defense. In 2016, on both fronts, it was awful. It was a disaster of a season. This year, they were a top 10 run defense, number 9. And I think it was somewhere in the middle of the pack in terms of pass defense. Actually, I think it was around 22, 23. In either event, the balance isn't there between paying attention to the run or the pass. We did a lot of film room last year. Bowles always matches up too heavy. He doesn't get a dime or a quarter personnel out there when he needs to. He'll leave his nickel out there. Last year it was David Harris, who couldn't keep up with your grandmother, and Darren Lee. David Harris can't cover a damn soul. Calvin Pryor was still out there. Calvin Pryor running around the field trying to keep up with Travis Kelsey one-on-one when a dime should have been out there and another safety on Kelsey. This year... Jamal Adams and Marcus May covered up for a lot of the defense's aggressiveness and Bowles' mindset of shutting down that run first and foremost. That's why those two picks are so important to the way Bowles plays. But that, coupled with wanting to run the ball all the time, has me convinced this man is still living in the 1980s. He wants his defense to win the game. He doesn't want his offense to lose the game. And we're used to it with Rex Ryan. So honestly, we haven't, as fans and beat writers in the media, we don't know what it's like to witness a coach who is actually up with the times. Think about it. We had Rex Ryan for six years, right into Bowles for three years. This is like a this is a decade of having defensive-minded ground and pound coaches who don't take don't take advantage of the current rules in play. So I think when the next coach comes in who could be a defensive guy, it doesn't matter. Could be a want to dominate the line of scrimmage, doesn't matter. That's that needs to be there no matter what. But the strategy in terms of conservative nature and predictability on both sides of the ball in terms of running is way more important than passing or stopping the pass, we're going to be blown away when we see that next guy, the guy who appropriately is up with the times, with the NFL rules. Think of Bill Belichick. Think back to 2006. For the first time, he was beaten by Peyton Manning of the Colts. They were a four seed. The Colts were a three seed. And it was one of those situations where the top two buys lost. I think it was the Chargers or one of them. I forget who the other one were. Other one was. But the Colts played at home. 
during wildcard, played on the road, and then got lucky to host the AFC Championship game as a three seed because both buys were knocked off. The Pats were a four seed. When the Colts beat Brady and the Pats and Belichick and the Pats that day in the AFC title game, what did Belichick do during that offseason? He said, no more. We can't win the way we used to win. With defense, with aggressive, mugging, defensive back play, the way Ty Law and all the other Pats defenders used to tie up uh, Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne in the playoffs with no calls. We can't play that way anymore. Remember, those three Super Bowls, Tom Brady was not Tom Brady yet. He was a methodical game manager who just didn't lose it for the defense. That 2006 offseason, actually it's 2007 offseason, Belichick said no more. He went out and got Randy Moss. He went out and traded for Wes Welker. And he shifted an overall franchise uh, strategy from paying big for paying big bucks out to his defenders and instead gave Tom Brady weapons and said, go out and take advantage of the rules. We're going to be whatever. I don't care if I'm a defensive mind. We're going to be whatever we have to be to take advantage of these rules. And since then, it's about a decade ago now, the Pats have just, they've dominated. Brady is the matchup king. Pre-snap, take advantage of the dink and dunk, and pass it five yards, accurate, on the money. And as long as you execute, the defenses can't stop you. And that's the way the rules play out today. Legitimately. If the offense executes through the air, through the short passing game, you can't stop it. That's it. There's no way. You can't get enough pressure on a three-step drop. You can't cover guys one-on-one like the way Darrell Levis used to. You just can't. You can't do it anymore. It's impossible. So the way Todd Bowles thinks is outdated. It just is. And it's a shame, too, because a lot is going to, we're going to be, we're going to learn a lot by the next offensive coordinator hire. We're going to learn what Bowles thinks, depending on who he brings in. That, coupled with what they do in the offseason, in terms of weapons versus offensive line, will also tell us what McCagnan thinks. So far through three drafts, McCagnan, average at best. And the worst part is he hasn't given any credence to his offensive line through value picks. I think he's drafted two offensive linemen in his three drafts, and they've come in the fifth and sixth round with Brandon Shell and... Jonathan Harrison, I believe. We're going to learn a lot based on the free agency and the draft with Bulls and McCagnan and the offensive coordinator. Are they outdated? 
his bull stuck in the 1980s. A lot of his strategy through personnel uh, a year ago during that disastrous season leads us to believe he is. Uh, not firing John Morton leads us to believe it. But the quotes that Morton doesn't fit Bulls' long-term plan makes us believe it. That's for damn sure. Because if this guy who, who's ran the ball, ranking in the middle of the pack in the league, is not good enough for your long-term plan, who is? What is? This guy who got 30, 38-year-old Josh McCown, uh, career year, made something out of Robbie Anderson and the weapons behind a terrible offensive line, ranking in the bottom quarter of the league. If he's not good enough for your long-term plan, what is? And we're going to find out, eventually. It's scary. If you're a Jets fan, you have eighty over $80 million in cap space. You have two second-round picks. You have the number six overall pick. What these, what these guys have shown you the last three years doesn't make you feel good going into this offseason. And from an ownership standpoint, it doesn't make you feel good that they are extended through 2020 and got that extension after a second straight 5-11 and season. Now, yes, public perception is they got the best out of their players because people were picking them to go 0-16 and 115. That's not reality. This personnel, this roster was actually improved from last year. And we were writing about it this past summer. We were writing about it, calling out the the uh, the tank accusers. When you looked at it, losing Darrell Rivas, who was awful. David Harris on his last legs. He doesn't even play with the Pats. Eric Decker, who's just ordinary. Everyone was looking at big names. And thinking these veteran big names were big losses. No. The value, the production was not there with these guys. And who replaced them were much better. The roster actually improved this year compared to last year. So don't think 5-11 and 11 is this great thing. Todd Bowles, Mike McAgnon, I just pray... The head coach is not living in the past. I, I pray he understands these rules today. Everything about him is conservative. And Mike McCagnan, you too. The way you treat your offensive line, it's almost like you're living not in the past. You're living in some different different planet. They, they, you and Jerry Reese belong in the same cafeteria together, swapping stories because neither of you cared enough for the offensive line these last few years, and it, it's driving fans nuts. So, Bulls, McCagnan, you're on the clock, fellas. Let's go. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York, these vagabonds. Thanks for listening to Elite Sports Radio. Stay elite. Right through 
very heart of it New York, New York I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep And find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap These little town blues 